Take me down to Podcast City where the tracks are clean and the content's shitty. Oh, won't you please take me home? Yeah, yeah. Take me down to Podcast City where the tracks are funny and the content's <laughs> funny. Oh, won't you please take me home? Baba. Welcome to It's on the List, a podcast about underrated media, music, and movies, and more. I'm your co-host, Noah Marger, and with me as always, Mason McGuire. Mason, what's uh, up? Oh, uh, hey, f- folks, it's me, Mason McGuire, the demon dog, the dirty rascal of the airwaves, the, uh... The Stewie the, Griffin uh, of the, the Midwest. The Stewie Griffin of podcasting, the, uh... Oh boy, the Roger the Funny Alien. <laughs> he of is SoundCloud. definitely the Stewie of that show. He is definitely the Stewie of American Dad. But if we're being so we, totally honest with ourselves, that yeah. show sucks dick. Let's be American be Dad? It sucks. <laughs> Dude, it sucks. It's I so was, bad. <laughs> I was going to ask because I was not, as you said uh, on this show, I have not been, I was not a uh, uh, family guy guy. I was not allowed to watch it. But whenever I could sneak away, Whatever episodes of Seth MacFarlane property I could watch, it ended up just being American Dad. And I always thought that show was pretty funny, just because it was a little more uh, focused, I will say. I mean, I don't. Have, the only episode that I can think of that I watched that it comes to mind is the one where uh, Stan, like, uh, goes back in time and accidentally prevents the assassination of Ronald Reagan and he nice. has to go back and kill Ronald Reagan himself or like the it, 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 attempt to assassinate Ronald Reagan. Sounds like a great know. episode of content. Sounds yeah. Like a- sounds like a great episode. So if you guys need something to watch, <laughs> that's both of our wrecks is the episode of American dad where they go back and they, Kind of stop the assassination. Wait, what happens? I've never seen that. So episode. it's so what I remember. I forget. They go back in time. I forget how that ends up happening. But oh, this is what happens. They go back in time to the seventies for whatever reason. Okay. And Stan meets um, Martin Scorsese in the bathroom of a of a restaurant or something. <laughs> okay. And it's like, hey, Martin Scorsese, you shouldn't do drugs. And he's like, gee, you're right. And there's literally like a scene of like Martin Scorsese putting like a, a mound of coke and then a bong on the bathroom counter in front of him. They go into the present, and it's apparently in a because if Martin Scorsese wasn't on drugs, he wouldn't make Taxi Driver, and so John Hinckley Jr. wouldn't have been inspired to kill oh. uh, Ronald Reagan. And so Stan now has to go back in time and uh, cause the assassination of uh, Ronald Reagan. Was was John Hinckley Jr. John, so John Hinckley Jr. wanted to kill Ronald Reagan? Who wanted? To, who was obsessed with Jodie Foster? Or was that John? That was John Hinckley, Hinckley Jr. Jr. That same guy. Okay. Yeah, same guy. I always get him yeah. and uh, him and the other guy. What's the other guy? Mark David Chapman. Yeah, him and Mark David Chapman mixed up. I always get those Jared guys Leto. Mixed up. I always get Jared Leto mixed up with, with <laughs> Ronald Reagan. I'm always like, oh, which one was president? That's what I, I'm always saying. That you know, um, we got yeah. a little bit of a different that is, episode. That's your classic though. catchphrase. That is your catchphrase. We will drop in every single instance you said, "Oh, am I president?" Into this episode. <laughs> okay, come on. Uh, we got a little bit of a different episode for you today, and that I'm is excited. Uh, yeah. It's a little bit courtesy. Well, at first it was courtesy of Mason, but I think we put our heads together a little bit on this one. We did a little bit of a yes. collab on the uh, on the premise of the show. But before we get to the dark meat, so to speak, <laughs> let's true, let's true. or I guess I guess that's would be the white meat, right? Because isn't the dark meat on top? Is that how it works? You're asking the wrong guy, fella. I mean, I never worked in food service, and you're not a turkey capacity. boy. 
No, I mean, oh, I do like turkey, but I just I just eat it. I don't pay too much attention to where the cuts are. I do prefer the little leaner, little leaner white meat turkey to the the heavier stuff. But regardless, we do have one thing we want to talk about before we get into our episode this week. And this, this was your choice. Do you want to? Yes. You want to preview that for the folks at home? Yes, Chef. You've already seen the title of the episode, probably, <laughs> but nonetheless, uh, this is the first 2020 selection on the show yeah. of any kind. This is Brave Faces, Everyone, by the band Spanish Love Songs. Let's get some claps. Thank you, Chef. This is a 10-song, uh, 40-minute album from 2020. This album fell into my lap. Pretty much. I was cruising Facebook when all of a sudden, which is, I'm so sorry, everybody, <laughs> cruising Facebook when all of a sudden uh, I see our good friend Chef Thomas posting about, mm. uh, through Merry Go Round magazine, of course, um, about this album. And it was mm. something to the effect of, like, if you are looking to get your pop punk fix, uh, go ahead and check out this album. I had never heard of the album. I had never heard of this band. This is a relatively new band. They were formed in 2014 in L.A. Mm. Uh, and they didn't release their first album until 2016, so they're very new in the grand scheme of things. Uh, and I was like, you know, at the time, I had been listening to a lot of My Chemical Romance, just, like, on repeat. I think a lot yeah, of as it had, as, as one tends to do. Uh, these were pre-COVID times, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Everyone was listening to My Chemical Romance on fucking repeat. Oh, um, God. And uh, it was one of those things where I uh, just checked it out. I literally was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for something. Because when you find that thing, I don't know if this is true for you, Mason, but I have to believe it is because I think this is just how people work. But um, when you find like a thing that you just are like absolutely into and absolutely love, you just want to find everything else that sort of feels like that. You know, oh, you, absolutely. Wanna, you just want to yes. consume anything that is like, oh, shit, like I love this thing. I want to find everything that could possibly sound, feel, taste, smell like that. And that's, sort of, where, yeah. that's sort of where I was at. I was listening to uh, Welcome to the Black Parade a lot, which we will at some point cover on this show because I think that album is a secret masterpiece. Um, and I was like, and I was also listening to three cheers for sweet revenge and I uh, cannot fuck. Fuck. What is the name of that album with the spider <laughs> on it? What is the name of the album with the spider on it? Does anybody, anybody, anybody out there? know? I'm also looking. Send it us up. an email. Send us an email. If you figure out the name of the, my chemical romance album with the spider on it, danger uh, days, the true lives of the fabulous you. killjoys. Thank you. Yes. I was listening to those albums just a lot and he was like if you want to get your pop punk fix i recommend this album and i was like absolutely i do and i popped it on and i kind of just immediately loved it like straight up like it was one mm -hmm. of those where i was just like i there were a couple songs that really stood out to me at the very beginning uh of the track of the album the first track on the album i think really is letting you know like this is what you're in for this is exactly the kind of thing that you're you're, you're going to be looking forward to if you're into this kind of thing. And that's the track routine pain. Um, I love that the opening line of the, uh, of the album and the track is on any given day, I'm a six of 10. And I was just yep. like, Whoa, brother, feel that. <laughs> feel that <laughs> one, baby. 
Um, and you just keep going. And there's a little bit of irony th- strung throughout the album. And I was just, it was one of those listens where I just was so in tune with it from the first listen. Um, but yeah, that's not how I found out about the album. We can get into it here more in a sec. But Mace, yeah. uh, this was, I have to imagine, this was your first time ever hearing this album. Uh, it was, it was. I had seen that um, Chef Thomas had been posting this a lot on his Instagram, which is, uh, I believe, 100 underscore chefs. I don't, it is not what it is in the episode description when nope. he was last on the episode. Um, but he'd been post- seeing it a lot, and there's just kind of, I don't know if you can ha- have had this experience, but sometimes, you know, people post songs on Instagram all the time, and I'm, uh, and, you know, I am a notorious song poster on Instagram person. Yeah, baby. And sometimes you see something in your life. Most of the times you just see it and you're like, yeah, whatever. Who gives a shit? Sometimes you will see something and it's like just the album art or something in particular. We're like, I got to listen to this right now. Um, And this was an album that always caught my attention, but I just never was able to sit down and listen to it until you had the brilliant idea to bring it on the pod. Um, Thank you, Chef. And when you, uh, when I listened to it, I was so, uh, it was one of those moments where I was like, I was expecting it to be sound like this. And I was so happy that I was right. You know, like some, you know what I mean? You know, Um, it had kind of been built up in your head of like, is if everything that I've heard about this album is true, then A, I'm going to like it, and B, it's going to sound pretty exactly. much exactly how it sounds in my head, and it sounds like it did. Because when I was, listen- I was listening to this, I haven't listened to, I guess, um, the sort of pop-punky, emo kind of uh, music in a very long time. I can't remember the last time when I like sought this out, um, but I was definitely, definitely like punk, emo, whatever you want to call it. Um, there was a time in my life where I was definitely listening to this, a lot of this kind of stuff. It reminded me of listening, being like in early college and listening to a lot of like Captain Jazz or Modern Baseball or whoever was in that kind of scene at that time. Um, and I really, uh, yeah, I really fell hard for this album and I really, uh, like you said, I also wrote down a couple of my favorite lyrics. Yep. On the second lyric, on the second go-through that I did, um, I think my favorite is, right now, is Half Our Friends Are Dead, The Other Half Are Depressed. <laughs> Which track is that off? Oh, crap. I don't, I should have put the title down, but I was just, like, listening to it and writing things down in my notes. Sure. Um, as they were going. I want to say that it was Kick? Um, don't, yes. don't at me if that's wrong. Or Generation Loss, I th- actually, I think is what it is. I think it's Generation Loss. Um, okay. but yeah, I mean, this was an album that really, I think, um, especially, it's so interesting that this is an album that came out in February. Um, and its general kind of mood is bracing yourself through, um, being like, you know, a millennial, like I get a millennial or whatever, and bracing yourself through just the onslaught of daily kind of anxieties and stress and depression um that is kind of inherent to being alive and being young in quotation marks around now and especially now when we're in this very uncertain time just having an album that was like very loud but not that was very loud but also very tender at the same time Exactly. And like what I love is the uh, lead singer's voice. I don't have his name up in front of me right now. I don't know it. But he the quality of his voice is he is right in that moment on for the 40 minutes of this album, which is like, 
you are straining against yourself to not burst into tears. Totally. And you just kind of feel like you could lose yourself at any given moment. Um, and it sounds, and it, it's, it's, it's funny you say that because it, to me, I, I didn't put it quite in that like language when I was listening to it, but to me, mm-hmm. it sounds like the like voice of a guy who is almost narrating exactly what he's going through and journaling exactly what he's going through because I don't I don't yeah. remember what track it is but there's some uh there's some uh track in the middle of the album might might be beachfront property it might be losers I can't remember but at one point he talks about I don't want to have to move back in with my parents and then spoiler oh, alert yeah. at the end of the album at the la- at the title track which is also the last track on the album Brave Faces everyone he's back home living with his parents and I just was like yeah. Holy shit. Like it didn't, I didn't catch that until this very listen, but that's really what struck me about the album is the harshness of the, uh, music as well as the tenderness of the lyrics. And I think that's honestly the standout of the album is this songwriting mixed with this guy's voice. It's pretty in, in, uh, in middle. It is. Yeah. It's, it's incredible songwriting. Um, and I think that also just uh, Dylan Slocum is the songwriter and singer, I believe. And yes. I think that it's also just the this is a it looks like a five piece band. Uh, I again, I don't have the rest of the band members names in front of me. So if they find this shout out, know that each individual member of this band. I love you dearly. You're all very talented doing things that I uh, never could. But I think that there's just I love the uh energy that everybody has here just it seems like everybody is like kind of in a similar i don't know how to describe it i love just the uh just just the the ripping guitars i love the the heavy bass drums those ripping guitars baby those ripping guitars i love and i just love um this this just the sheer song craft of this and the production of it on top of the lyrics like the lyrics and and everything shout yeah, out is... trevor dietrich on bass shout out ruben duarte on drums shout out kyle mccauley on guitar dylan slocum on lead vocals and guitar as we said before and meredith van wart uh wart i'm not 100 percent sure on that one on the keys we love a chick on the keys as you and love... i are always saying <laughs> off mic we love a chick on the keys <laughs> so shout out you guys you guys are doing some awesome stuff i've listened to a little bit uh of your guys's first album and i think you're only getting better and that's tough because your first album also kicks fucking ass um yeah which is giants sing the blues giants sing the blues uh love it love it love it i think uh what was what was uh your standout as far as your track on this mason what track or tracks really stood out to you yeah so i got a couple so on spotify i like to go through and just give little hearts when i'm doing these so i can remind myself um i so i have five half of the album and then oh, i wow. just like fuck it why not just do the whole album so that's sure. what i did but the five my five were um just right away were self-destruction parentheses as a sensible career choice pro- great title uh kick losers optimism as a radical life choice losers too um i think those optimism were your as five a radical yeah optimism as a radical life choice i think is my like number one though um just because just going from the title of that um album that's just how i try to just go through my life sure you know like i definitely had like the kind of despair period of my life where i was like really in the shit and really in depressed and then sooner or later i just kind of convinced myself that going through life and trying to um not necessarily be positive and like 
like deny that ba- like bad things exist, but just like kind of pushing for um, radical optimism as a way to live is just something that I it was a choice I made, and I try to hold myself to that. Um, that's really nice. That means, and I think I think this album would agree with you. I think as well. I think that's kind of potentially the thesis uh, of this album, not to speak for the band itself, but at least what I gather from it is that's, I think that's, you know, pretty much what they're saying. Like it's like, you know, like that last yeah. track says, which is also the title track of the album, brave faces, everyone, you know, he's like, we're so fucking tired and of explaining ourselves, you know, it's just, you know, we got to get through this, you know, you brave faces everyone, because it's going to be tough, but you can do it. And, I, and that's what I really, uh, appreciated about the album as well so was that yours was that your choice brave faces everyone well so i found this album uh in february when they were posting about it and i was also it was kind of crazy just how the order of events sort of shaped up because uh, i found this album i was listening to it a lot like not every single day and not every like the whole album every single day but i've always found myself coming back to it it actually was one of the albums i listened to for this project, I don't know if I mentioned it on the pod or not. If I did, you know, <laughs> forgive me, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> but I listened to an album a day in February. I listened to a new album every single day in February, and this was one nice. of the albums uh, that I listened to. And then for whatever reason, I listened to this album, and then I took a huge break for like a week, and then didn't listen to anything else. And it was like, uh oh, I got some. Ma- wow, I got really? you got some explaining to do, Lucy. <laughs> and I was just like, oh, I gotta fucking catch up, baby. So I listened. To like two albums a day to try and race to listen to 29 albums by the end of February. And I ended up doing it. Uh, if you're interested, I can, you can put my list in the show notes if you really want to hear it. Uh, but this made the top three. I think this was number three. And honestly, mm-hmm. if I had to go back and reorder them, this would probably be number two uh, in the mix. I love this album. Uh, and I was doing a lot of set PA work, uh, and I was just tired and I didn't want to do it anymore, but that was the work that I was getting trying to make it in the entertainment industry. And whether I was driving the van or the truck or back home after a late night or an early morning, I would just pop this back on as just like a reminder. That's like, this isn't going to be forever. This is, this is, you know, you just got to find your, do your best to fight your way through it. And, uh, you know, and it was one of those things where I was like, after this show that I'm on ends, I'm not going to do, uh, I'm going to take a break. Not that I'm not going to do that kind of work anymore, but I was like, I'm going to take a break. I'm really going to try and find a different kind of job. And then all of a sudden, like halfway through the show, boom, everything fucking stops because of COVID. Yeah. So yeah. it was just a very weird sequence of events for me. But the first time I listened through the album, my favorite track also was Optimism as a Radical Life Choice because I think the best lyric on the album is in that song where he says, I've only ever been a kid pointing out dead dogs on the road. I like shook in my fucking boots when I heard that I was like, I've never had someone explain that type of kid and that type of personality like that before. It just like totally threw me for a loop. So that was my number one track off the album. The first time, every single time I listen to the album, Dolores stands out a lot more for me. Dolores is also a beautiful song. Yeah, it is. It's like just a very tender song. Very nice. And again, I, I think it's also fair to point out if you're not a fan of this kind of music, this might not actually be the album for you because the songs all do have a very general like same type of vibe to them. So if you're not a fan of the pop punk, which this is actually weirdly enough on Spotify, at least like shows up on like just straight up like new punk playlists. So maybe this is what punk is transitioning to. Maybe it already has, but for me, 
my top three, if I have to pick three, uh, are Brave Faces, everyone, the ending and title track of the album, Optimism as a Radical Life Choice, and uh, Self-Destruction as a Sensible Career Choice. I just love it. Uh, yeah. It won't be this bleak forever. And then the echo of, yeah, right? Because it's a little bit ironic. It's a little <sighs> yeah, bit right. like, just like in your face. But at the same time, I don't believe them on the yeah, right? I think that that is like a little bit of an ironic shake to the whole thing. But maybe at the beginning of the album, the speaker does believe that it's going to yeah. be bleak forever. So there's an interesting change throughout the album. It really, you really do feel like, at least in my opinion, you are tracking with with someone, a very specific kind of someone who's looking back, looking forward, very introspective, also very much like forecasting his life, seeing where he's been. It's just a really beautiful, touching album, and it does yeah, it in 40 de- minutes. It's awesome. Yeah, I definitely, absolutely. I want to just co-sign everything you said, Chef. I think what you just said was was beautiful. Uh, Thank you. And uh, I love, uh, I think you're right that this is definitely, if you give it the time, the 40 minutes and it, your full attention, um, you can be with this album and with the band as they chart like they're kind of one their journey back home in a way, if you want to say it back to totally. the house they grew up in. And they're sort of like, you know, there's it's not gonna be this bleak forever. Um, and then the yeah, right, which always which seems to me is like kind of maybe like an outside voice. It's not necessarily like what the band things or anything but then there's this verse that i'm just coming back to from uh uh optimism as a radical life choice it's the third verse uh but i'm done dying on the inside now that everything is dying outside the sky is letting go of holding on like a crying child armageddon on my mind i'll try to smile smile all all the the time. time yeah like hell's a construct that i need to make amends or keep myself clean and yes i'm aware it's fleeting it's awesome. Um, so fucking awesome. Such such good songwriting, such good um, just lyricism, and such a good way to get inside this guy's, like, he's really trying to fight away his demons and everything that's saying, like, um, that, you know, the world is only going to be this, this, it's, it's meant to be this destructive place. It's meant to be hell. It's meant to be... Um, it, or, like, you know, the only way to make yourself better is if you have this constant idea of, like, a hell or, like, a, you know, like, this 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 bad place, like, this fear or whatever. Um, and I definitely think that where this, this album ends up, like, not on a hopeful note, I don't want to say, but definitely on a note where, you know, the last line of the album is Brave Faces Everyone and all the music cuts out and it's just Dylan saying Brave Faces Everyone uh here's the outro actually i have it pulled up now uh i'm sick of yelling at strangers don't want to do this forever and when it all burns down will you carry me over we don't have to fix everything at once we were never broken life's just very long brave faces everyone and man just reading that out loud i got chills yes you know that's actually i actually weirdly enough chef i also had the lyrics to the brave faces everyone song pulled up because i was gonna read the ending as well uh but i also want i also wanted to point out uh that the like bridge or chorus of the song or whatever is also Uh awesome he literally it's this awesome like drum like pattern and this awesome fill and he literally says i feel like burning down my life again watch the fire spread over my skin until i'm nothing left but skeleton it's like this complete acceptance of just like well i gotta do something i gotta you know try something different and i think that like that ending i'm actually i don't know if i heard you correctly but i'm gonna say i think the ending of this album is very hopeful because you have the first 
thing that you hear in the album is the guy say, on any given day, I'm a six of ten. Not a very like positive outlook on <laughs> okay, the speaker's okay. selves. And then at the very end of the album, he's very much the speaker is very much I'm sick of yelling at strangers. I don't want to do this forever. When it all burns down, will you carry me over? We don't have to fix everything at once. He's accepting, you know, things take time. And I love the idea that these people were never broken. They're just tired. I love yeah, the idea yeah. that people are not at their best when they're exhausted. And as a young person having to work and having to like sustain and support yourself, you are fucking tired all the time. People are tired yeah. all the time and it really does yeah. weigh on them. And it just caught it. Unfortunately just causes you not to be able to do sometimes things you want to do and always act, you know, a hundred percent perfect all the time. And he's accepting. We can't be a hundred percent perfect all the time. We are just fucking exhausted and he's like let's march on it's a whole new stanza brave faces everyone let's get this thing going i think it's very hopeful we could probably talk about this album for a, the whole podcast if we really wanted to uh yeah is there, i mean is there yeah, anything else you want to say before we move on <laughs> not really i mean nothing but just like you know i you you, you mentioned that um you mentioned that you don't think that this is a album for everybody and i definitely think that if you don't like, if you're not used to listening to punk music, if you're not, if this isn't typically the thing that you're, you, you, you listen to, if you're kind of like, you know, in the past you've like avoided this music cause it's like, you think it's too loud or it's not just, just what you like or whatever. Like I get that, but I'm going to give this a full recommend. I just want everybody to kind of listen to it just because I think that particularly during this very scary, 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 scary time, um, and this time when, uh, you're not sure if it should be optimistic, like how to be optimistic, really, this isn't an album that's like, maybe says that nobody knows how to be truthfully optimistic. All you kind of have to do is look forward one day at a time and, you know, you're going to get set back and you're going to get, um, y- your goals and your dreams are going to seem at once very close. And then the next day, maybe very, very far away. And this is an album that understands that. And I think that the sentiment of it, you know, sometimes it, it, it's easy to keep those feelings bottled in. And what this album does is it allows you to listen to them and maybe like thrash around in your room or like gives you that release. And for that, I think it's like, uh, it's a full recommend for me just on that. It's also a full recommend for me as well. Uh, regardless if you like, punk or not i think this honestly lands somewhere between uh emo and pop punk it's not quite either it's this interesting middle ground but i think it works super well i say listen to this whole thing in one sitting uh it's an absolutely beautiful album full recommend my again i'm a music idiot so nothing i say matters (laughs) but this is my favorite album of 2020 so far not that i'm like Mm -hmm. sitting down and listening to everything that comes out but from what i have heard from 2020 this is my favorite album of 2020 so far and i'm probably gonna listen to it when this podcast is over but definitely that's not really the reason why you guys are listening to this podcast now is it It might be you don't know man i mean like how many people do you think want to hear us talk about the cloak or smosh (laughs) (laughs) or the demented cartoon movie from 2001 directed by Brian Kendall ladies and gentlemen that Zeke is right. boogie doog baby Zeke boogie doog talking about old YouTube to take a little bit of a left fucking yeah. turn we're talking about old YouTube we're talking about 
Uh, so how this how this came to be is uh, I'm like, okay, Mason, it's, we're gonna do a solo show. Uh, it's your turn to pick the movie and let's, I'm going to get it on the record. Mason was nice enough to the point where he actually said, do you want to pick both because of the fact that Carter picked something off of a list and it happened to be his list. And I said, no chef, that was a Carter choice. Your turn to pick the movie, and what a fool I was! What a fucking fool <laughs> has this I was! Ever worked out for you? Has you has Mace, a Mason's choice ever worked out for Noah Marger? <laughs> well, it worked out today, but for different reasons. Because I was like, if he's gonna, and he sent me the link to what we were gonna watch, and I was like, oh fuck me, dude, <laughs> fuck me big time on this one. But I, but I said, I was like, you know what? If this, if this is really what we're going to be doing, if we're really talking about the demented cartoon movie directed by Brian Kendall, 2001. Also, if anyone out there knows if this was released pre or post 9-11, so please let us thing. know. Here's the thing. I did a little research. I think it came out on September. It was released on Newgrounds on September 27th. Whoa. This was a <laughs> such a close release to 9-11. The country was still in mourning. What the fuck, Brian Kendall? <laughs> fuck you, you fucking bitch. If you ever hear this, you should not be releasing content that close to 9-11. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but so I said to Mason, Mason, what if we took this as an opportunity to share some old faves from the Internet? Yes, chef. Yes. And Mason loved the idea. And I said, OK. So we sent each other some playlists. And uh, Mason, you want to go through my playlist first? I would love to. So also, we should consolidate these playlists into one thing. So if people want to watch along, they're more than welcome to. So here is what's on Noah's list. It was um, The Cloak, which was a Secret Agent Bob cartoon. There's License Test by Smosh. Uh, There is OK Go, This Too Shall Pass, the Rube Goldberg Machine music video. And then Gara AMV Animal I have become. <laughs> so the so the, the cloak. I don't know. I don't know if it says that on the thing, but it was a it was a film cow video originally, which are the guys film who cow, did uh, Charlie. Yes. That's okay. It was the guys who did like Charlie the Unicorn and the llamas with hats, and it was it was those guys. Yeah, but it had been taken down or something. It was, it's definitely one of their older vids. So it had been re-uploaded. So that's, that, that is that, that, that's my bad. I didn't say that uh, up front, but uh, you want to just fucking dive in? Yeah, dude. I mean, so this is very, this was very interesting to me. So I think actually just peek behind the curtain, Demented Cartoon Movie and uh, another one of my movies on this list were not technically YouTube movies for me. These, like, I watched sure. Demented Cartoon Movie, I believe, on Albino Black Oh, Sheet. wow. Yeah, yeah. I and love the other Albino one, which Black is, Sheet. Yeah, dude. And the other one that I we're going to talk about on my list, it was a Homestar Runner cartoon. We can get into that a little later. Um, but with I, the only one of these that I had seen... Um, the only one that I have a memory of, like, actually watching was The Cloak and The License Test. Um, and those are very much a specific era of YouTube for me. Me, excuse me. And it was so interesting to be, like... Because I don't know about you, one of the very first videos I remember watching ever on YouTube was the Smosh um, pokemon theme music video. Yeah, that was their video that made them blow up. That That was, like the video that put them on the map. And that was a very, obviously we could do an entire podcast series about YouTube and how YouTube has evolved from since 2005. But that was back in the day where you actually could make a living doing sketch comedy online. It could make a living doing sketch comedy period. (laughs) 
Okay. <laughs> easy, there, easy there, Chef. Uh, tell that to Lauren Michaels, why don't Chef? Whoa, uh, Lauren! <laughs> tell that to Mad TV's Miss Swan, why don't Chef? She's made quite a... That's fucking Lois! That's Lois! That's Miss Swan is Lois! That's Alex Borstein! <laughs> Holy shit. I'm pissed. I'm fucking pissed. You had seen The Cloak, though? Prior, I'm shocked. Yeah, so no, my buddy that I mentioned, uh, the ween, the guy whose hedgehog is Ween, he was a big film cow fan, and so nice. he showed me this at some point. Um, and I forgot, like, it's so funny to watch this because there's the like, it's in 2010 or whenever this first came out, 2009. This would be the 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 cloak being an anti-communist has such a different like. Um, feel to it than it does in 2020 you know what i'm saying yes. when that kind of like it's so funny to watch this and realize like then versus i'm sorry now versus then just like how uh in like weird and deep the satire on this video is and back then i was like oh this is kind of silly there's just a guy in a cloak and there's a floating head and he uh yeah. solves mysteries and doesn't like communists i guess that means i shouldn't like communists either you know what i'm saying 100% i feel like the internet was very like anti like the humor that perpetuated from online in those days was like very centrally focused i feel like on a couple things definitely and one definitely. of those was like communism weirdly enough because it's like oh like people who are online are like people who are like in and around our age and you're hearing about communism and they teach you that communism doesn't work so you're like oh communism blah 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 blah, blah evil you know whatever it's like a weird like part of online and uh yeah uh, i i don't know about you but i remember just watching that video the cloak i had it on i had i used to put this and the smosh video the license test which we'll get to in a sec i actually had on my ipod classic that i had yeah yeah and i used to do that too yeah i would like download them from itunes and put them on i had i almost put a college humor like an old college humor video on here as well because i used to watch a yeah. ton of those but i used to just watch them on my i would download them from itunes <laughs> For free, put them on my iPod and just watch them wherever I was. But uh, I'm so glad you had seen the cloak before. I thought I was gonna fucking get you with the cloak. I thought that you, you <laughs> Mason was. I was gonna show that to Mason. Mason was like, "What the fuck is this?" But I'm so glad <laughs> that you had seen it. And not to mention, not for nothing, the floating head is Robert Mitchum, the disembodied head of Rob, of Noir star Robert Mitchum, which is so funny. <laughs> That's the because fu when. When you're like 19 and like not even 19, when you're like 16 or wherever I was when I was watching this, I had no idea who the fuck Robert Mitchum was. And I thought I knew everything about movies back then. And I had not seen one Robert Mitchum movie before then. And now that I've seen a handful of Robert Mitchum movies, the fact that they are not even attempting to do a Robert Mitchum impression in this is one of the funniest things in the world to me. Oh, 100%. And he literally at one point like uses his spine and pours lighter fluid into his brain. That's so <laughs> yep, fucking yep. funny. And it like shakes him up and blends him up. And he's like, whoa, it is so crazy. Such a crazy vid. It goes into places that you just never would suspect. But at the, like it's weirdly still works as a noir because nothing really yeah. gets solved by the end of it either. <laughs> it like kind of works as a noir film. It, I think so. T yeah. Like a short noir. I think that that's what's so funny about it too. Um, is that there is like, 
there is the kind of skeleton of a mystery to this that just completely is like ignored for most of it and just kind of goes down the craziest craziest like kind of left turns um i highly recommend that from this playlist license to do you want to go and just go down yeah just go down just do them all yeah yeah License test, uh, Smosh. This one is from uh, probably around the same time, actually. So this one's from 2007. Um, so I was probably watching uh, heavy and not heavy into Smosh, but definitely like, definitely subscribed to their channel at this point. And I'm sure I saw this video. I just can't remember it. Probably because it's very bad and not funny at all. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. You're 100 percent right. I used to watch this and think that this was. <laughs> awesome and i rewatched <laughs> it for this podcast not having seen it before i sent it to you and it sucks it is fucking terrible yeah it's just like i don't even know how, like it's it's if the cloak is just like 10 minutes of mayhem this is four minutes of just like the kind of most just a, a plateau of humor like you know exactly what's gonna happen like it doesn't really like there's no like kind of tension or anything doesn't, just doesn't fluctuate at all. It doesn't fluctuate, and it feels like three times longer, even though it's half as long as the cloak. <laughs> it, it's so awesome. I just was so into them, and I thought that this would be like a deep cut pull. I'm shocked that you'd also seen this one. Um, the two that I thought you, well, the one, the one that I really thought you were going to see, you said you hadn't seen before. So I guess I was surprised about that. But uh, it's very not funny, <laughs> and I, it makes me think we're they ever funny or were we just kids i think it's a, the thing that i think it's the fact that they were we were kids and they it was like it's not like now where there's almost too much content like when you're a kid you kind of just get attached to whatever just comes across in your like comes across this way um until like you i guess you just decide that it's like you either grow out of it or something else catches your attention so i think totally. it was just they get we're just very lucky to kind of be on the forefront of making content at the time. It doesn't matter if they were, like, any good at it. Um, it just kind of... And YouTube of... was so new and novel that it almost didn't matter. It was like, oh, look, yeah, some, man. a, like, regular uploader of content for YouTube. That's amazing. Yeah, def definitely, definitely. I mean, like, I can't name... Aside from, like, their... Um, their music videos that they did. I think my favorite one was the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles one because there was a little bit of a weird intro in front of it. It wasn't just going right into the song. Um, but, I mean, again, I'm hesitant to, like, go back and watch it just because it's, like, pro I don't think it would probably be very good. It's, like, you know, who are we to say? Smosh has 25 million subscribers even today. I don't think either Anthony or whatever the other guy's name is. Um, Ian. Or, like, Ian or Anthony are even, like, involved with it like i opened up smosh anthony's just, like, not at all anthony oh, really? had okay. left like years ago i don't know what to what degree ian is or not because uh -huh, who gives a fuck but so here's uh, what I, so here's their most recent video when i opened up their um when i open up their their there's their page it's uh every quarantine ever one week ago uh awesome. and it is uh, has two million views on it and ian is apparently in the cast so what do we know? I clicked play on accident. Um, but yeah, I mean, <laughs> not on accident. You wanted to see it. <laughs> I am watching it right now. I have hit pause. Oh. We are not recording this podcast anymore. But yeah, I mean, that's uh, that's I get the last thing I have to say about Smosh. Um, the next. So why did you choose this specific AMV? The animal I become 
Gara okay. AMV from Naruto. Were you a Naruto fan when you were a kid? So when I was in uh, like fourth and fifth grade, I had a buddy and he was really fucking good at drawing Naruto characters. And nice. I would see him in class. I don't know, fucking... <laughs> uh, <laughs> Did everybody just him. have a friend like that? Because we definitely had a kid like that in my middle school that was good at drawing Naruto characters specifically. Yeah, 100%. There's always a kid who's super fucking into anime or a group of kids who are super fucking into anime. And I, I gotta... Okay, I am officially going to go on the record and saying I was a little bitch and deprived myself of liking anime for a long time because of peer pressure. Yes. And I only recently have come around to the fact that I think anime is cool as fuck. I'm bad at watching it. I don't, there's so much anime I want to watch and I like jump around a whole bunch of different kind of stuff. I've watched a, like a handful of Cowboy Bebop, which is fucking awesome. I've watched the first episode of Yu Yu Hakusho, which is fucking cool. There's so much cool anime out there. Anyway, I just wanted to exalt myself. So we that. have it on the record, folks. Noah's a fucking weeb and a nerd. I'm a, I'm a weeb. I'm a nerd. I'm a bitch. I'm, I'm a, a tease. I'm a goddess <laughs> on my knees. But so my buddy was super good at drawing Naruto characters and so I like had become really good friends with him and he would draw in his sketchbook and he'd be like this is Gara and he'd like explain all the characters to me he'd be like this is Sasuke he's a bitch this is Naruto <laughs> he's epic this is Gara he's my favorite character and so he would come over to my house for sleepovers and the only computer was in my mom's room that we would use when we were at my mom's place and so we would it was like you remember those Macs that were like big and white and they almost were like translucent where you think you can see through them but they're like oh, kind of yeah. murky yeah 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 and we would watch like it was such a poorly maintained computer too there was like just like so broken um and we would watch and he would show me AMVs and this is one we would always watch and i think it's because this is the only way he knew how to access the song animal i have become by three days <laughs> grace because you know we're fucking kids but i just remember being like uh this isn't like that cool but like i was into it because he was into it you know yeah so that's my that's my connection to uh to gara amv animal i have become and there's like other songs that this you know that like were classic amv songs uh trapped song headstrong was a classic amv song the back off i'll take you on that was a classic <laughs> one uh pretty much anything lincoln park <laughs> ever made yeah, right up till that point was an amv song it was awesome we were spinning our wheels plugging away at amvs and we would go to these fucking obscene websites that he like had emailed himself links to that wasn't youtube at all it was awesome man i mean i so i think now you saying that makes you makes gives me a split in my mind there's a split that i see because i was not an amv guy so i think you were either an youtube amv kid or you were a youtube poop kid and i was yeah. a youtube poop kid Definitely sure. a YouTube poop kid, uh, because the entire AMV, because I was never into anime as a kid or video games or anything. I was just into people being uh, weird and random and like kind you weren't, of. You didn't play video games at all? Not really. I mean, like I have my PS, my PS2 from when I was a kid set up, but it's like the only games that I have on it that I was really interested in playing were Star Wars Battlefront 2 and like Jack sure. and Daxter. And I've been playing those games a lot recently. Um, but I wasn't a huge gamer. I want to change that now because everybody's playing Animal Crossing and I want, I, I want girls to talk to me. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> I, there's plenty, I have plenty of other things other than just playing Animal Crossing that make me a suit. This is so fucking sad. I can't go down this path anymore. 
Yeah, I was kind of curious where that was going, but uh, you want to talk about AMVs and YouTube poops again, Mason? Uh, but it just, I think that it's just like, for me, it was, I can never, I didn't really care about, like, Naruto or or whatever, and so I didn't really give a shit about, or, like, Linkin Parked or Trapped or whatever, or, or what what's another one? Finger Eleven? Like, those were never, yeah. that was never music I was interested in, so it's like, why would I watch an AMV? I was more into, like, the kind of fun editing tricks of a YouTube poop and just, just, sure. and just that kind of thing. That's my, the end of my thought on that, I think. AMV, also for anyone who is unclear, because that's fair to be unclear about what an AMV is, anime music video. AMV. Yes. And it's like, uh, there is like a, a degree of creativity to this that I admire, which is finding the kind of clips that go along with, um, totally, you know, um, but it's just, again, not, it wasn't really my thing. And it's just not, watching this now is so funny because they still have the like classic, like windows media player credits where it's like a, a window and then like a bar that says thanks for watching. And then there's like really quick, it goes up like with the credits of the song or whatever. Yeah, and yeah. that was a, a treat to see. Um, but the last video you have on here is OK Go, the, This Too Shall Pass, the Rube Goldberg music video. And this video fucking rocks. Uh, I love this video. And you hadn't seen this before, right? I can't remember. I mean, I, of course, had seen the um, classic, uh, the, the treadmills, the treadmill video, which makes a special cameo appearance in this one. But I can't, I remember, if I remember a music video for this specific song, there was a marching band involved. And for whatever reason, this video just kind of passed me by. But watching this, and it was like, it was so fun watching this and just imagining being on, like, the crew, either the being one of the people that makes the contraption or being, like, the camera guy that's chasing everybody. Um, yeah. And just, just how many takes they had to do like you can one of my favorite things about this video is you can tell this is like on a later take because their jumpsuits have paint on it still totally yeah um right until the end and uh yeah i mean this is just awesome like what was your what was your history with this music video in particular so i remember uh do you remember the weezer pork and beans music video yes chef yes yeah so of course i'm fucking bringing weezer up i guess again but uh that music video is fucking awesome i almost threw it in the playlist as well but um that music video had the uh treadmills as a cameo yeah and i remember they like do the treadmill thing that they do in the uh here it goes again music video and I was like, look, you know, back in the day, you know, some genius who had seen all the videos would put like, this is what they're parodying yeah, in the yeah, comments, mm-hmm. you know? And so I went to go look at the uh, the real music video with the treadmills. And then at that point, what year was this? This was... Uh, so this is... Uh, whoop, there we go. This is 2010. And so I'm going at that point and I'd was looking at uh, the music video from the treadmills from the past and this music video had come out. So it was a recommended one. And I just was like, this video's way cooler than the treadmills one. I was like, this is like the easily the cooler of choice. And so I just was obsessed with this one. This one as of uh, April 3rd, 2020 has 64 million views. Yeah. And I think that if it had double that, that would be justified because it is just the coolest shit. And they're known for having coolest shit music videos, but I still think this is the coolest one. Yeah. So here's, I was going to ask how many views do you think the here it goes again video has? Ooh, good question. Um, so if this one has so 64 million. Yeah. I bet you that the the treadmill one has 120 million. 
So this is actually kind of curious because it was taken down and I guess re-uploaded in 2009 because this only has the OK Go <coughs> on the official Vivo has only 50 million views on it. Oh, which seems okay. a little low. I don't think it's wrong necessarily. I just don't know like if the a video was taken down and then put right back up again. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely think that this one, just in terms of its the the the, I remember when the Here It Goes Again video. Um, dropped in, like, 2006, I want to say. I feel like they even talked about it on the news. Like, look at this crazy sure. band and their their thing. It was one of the very... It was, like, one of the very first, like, YouTube-era viral videos that I can remember. Um, totally. And I remember watching this video all the time. And one of my favorite things about this video is it really is just, like... There's kind of no, there's zero production value to it. They literally like play the track on camera. Like they don't even pretend like they're not just in like a garage or something with a lot of treadmills. I'm talking about the heroes again. But what's great about this one is just like the sheer amount of like creativity that went into it, um, and just like the kind of joy in watching this Rube Goldberg machine um, reveal itself. And I think you're absolutely right that yeah, it, there's no doubt in my mind that this. If this came out um, probably at a different time, if it didn't feel so crowded, this would have like double the views um, as it as it does right now. But I think it's such a fun thing to revisit, and I definitely think that everyone should check this one out, this video out if they haven't yet. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Chef. I would also agree that everyone should check out uh, this one specifically. Uh, I can't speak for the AMV one. I don't think you should watch that one. No, I, I definitely don't think you should either, but it's <laughs> it's there. You can watch yeah. it if you want as a relic, and I definitely don't think you should watch the drive, the license test or the drive test, whatever that one was called by Smosh. All right. Now, so now it's time for my list. Now it's time for um, <laughs> this is this is where things get this is where things get fucking crazy. I do want to say first of all because you said this during my list, uh, the first time I remember going on YouTube was actually a very uh, meaningful moment. I was at a sleepover with the fucking boys with and, the boys. Uh, with the fucking boys. I wasn't at my house. I was at my friend's house, and I remember my friend said to me, "Have you guys seen Weird Al's music video for Eat It?" <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, no, I've never seen that. And he was like, okay. And he fucking galaxy brained everybody and said, well, first we should watch the music video for Michael Jackson's Beat It so that you understand the parody. So we watched the music video for Beat It, which is a very straightforward, not humorous music video. Yeah. And then we just immediately went into Eat It by Weird Al. And I was remember being like, what is this site? And they were like, it's called YouTube. And I just was like, <laughs> holy fuck. And I just remember going on after that. But that's my little that's my little deviation into YouTube. It was a meaningful moment for me. But yeah. Mason, what you what you sent me uh, is very much exactly what I thought you were gonna send me. <laughs> because <laughs> how old were you when you were watching uh, most of these? Like what So age here's the thing. There is an eight there is a definite like range of ages on this one. Um, I think the earliest the earliest video I definitely saw was the Teen Girl Squad number four because I sure. um, when I was in fourth grade, roughly my f- a friend of mine was like, have you seen Homestar Runner? And I was just became obsessed with Homestar Runner. Um, and I could have chosen any video from that site, but I chose Teen Girl Squad number four in particular just because that one has the most lines that I kind of just, just spat around in my head because I watched it at such an impressionable impressionable age. Um, so like, Teehee, we're cool. Or uh, when you fall in a bottomless pit, you die of starvation. 
Uh, oh, yeah. Or uh, when they're... Uh, and you were watching these on the Homestar Runner website, right? Because that was what it was back in the day. In the pre-YouTube days, content creators would just have their own specific sites, and especially if you had a flat... If you're especially doing flash animation. So there was the 30 Second with Bunnies... <laughs> And you would have to go to 30secondswithbunnies.com or whatever. There was Making Fiends, and you had to go to makingfiends.com. Or there was Newgrounds, which was a scary place exactly. to go. And that, or that was the other thing. In the kind of like pre-YouTube era, the only the, the video hosting places were places like Albino Black Sheep or Yugo Player or Newgrounds. Uh, and like if you were a Flash animator, you would just upload onto there and it would be hosted. I watched a Dementic cartoon movie, I want to say, on Albino Black Sheep when I was somewhere in fifth grade, but we can get to that later. George Washington was definitely a YouTube video for me, I want to say, and I think my older sure. cousin showed that to me when I was maybe in eighth grade going into freshman year of high school. Classic. Uh, and Cranberry Shuffle is actually the most recent movie video on this list, even though it's from 2008. I don't think I saw it until 2017 when someone posted it on, like, Tumblr or something. And I watched it, and I'm Yikes. like, I need to make sure that I save this so I always have access to it. Um, because it... So, Cranberry Shuffle was the one where you texted me in the middle of watching, and you were like, what's this Cranberry Shuffle thing? So, is that where you want to start with this, or where do you want to start with this list I have here? Uh, let's just go down in order. So, Teen Girl Squad number four, we'll build up. These these get fucking worse and worse <laughs> as we build up. And I'm so sad to hear that you saw Cranberry Shuffle merely three years ago. That is heartbreaking to hear. Uh, but... Uh, Teen Girl Squad number four. Yeah, look, you know, I watched these on Homestar Runner myself. Yeah. Uh, my same friend who was into AMVs and could draw the shit out of Naruto characters also. Well, actually, I take that back. I showed him Homestar Runner. Nice, dude. Hell yeah. Yeah, I know. A little tit for tat on that one. And uh, we would watch them. And even when he left the sleepover, I would still be watching them. Uh, I remember Strong Bad's emails was yeah. a great segment. Love Strong Bad um, emails. I just... They're just so good, uh, and all the characters. The was it the sneak? Am I right? Yeah. On that is the sneak a character? Or the are, uh, the cheat? Are you thinking of the cheat? The cheat. Yeah. Yes, the cheat. The cheat is a character. Uh, the poop smith, which was just a crazy thing to see <laughs> when you're a kid. Um, I just loved the characters on Homestar Runner. Um, this was never one for me where I was like, oh, I gotta go watch Teen Girl Squad. Mm -hmm. But looking back on it now, when you when I saw that that was the first video in the thing, just immediate rush of nostalgia of being on HomestarRunner.com on my sister and I shared computer in the upstairs hallway where everybody could see what you're doing. Uh, <laughs> Including so, Noah whacking off. Include, hey, buddy, let's say, hey, we're <laughs> uh, But this was, a, this was a fun watch. This reminded me of a lot of fun stuff. Uh, it reminds me, honestly, of drawing comics myself and being like, yeah, and then the girl is going to be funny. <laughs> and then the teacher is going to get mad. Like, it's just like, it's fun. And like, they just talk to each other in such a fun way. Uh, Homestarrunner.com has got some great shit. That's kind of all I have to say about it, other than this is the most tolerable one for sure on the list. <laughs> um, am I good to move on? Do you have anything you, you want to say? You're definitely good to move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, then George Washington comes up. Uh, I immediately was like, yep, this is a Mason video, 100%. Uh, that's all of them to a certain degree. 
I could see why you like all of them or did at one point like all right. of them. So that if you're nothing else, Mason, you're consistent. <laughs> um, and uh, George Washington, uh, fun. You know, it's fun. It's definitely something that if I had seen as a kid, I would have liked as well. Um, you know, it's it's silly. It's a rap about George Washington and how he was basically fucking dope as hell. You know, Let for lack of a better term. Line. He had two on the vine. I mean, two sets of testicles, so divine. On a horse made of crystal, he patrolled the land with the mason ring and schnauzer with his perfect hands. Here comes George in control. Women dug his snuff in his gallant stroll. I ate his opponent's brains and invented cocaine. He's coming. He's coming. He's coming. Washington, Washington. Six foot twenty, fucking killing for fun. <laughs> spread, spread, Delaware. <laughs> he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. I love this okay, video. Uh, I feel like I brought it up in the George Washington episode, and I'm so happy that we've come full circle to... Did you really? That's I awesome. I feel like I did. I feel like I definitely quoted Washington, Washington. Six foot eight, weighs a fucking ton. Um, yeah, I don't know. This is a, this song is definitely an earworm. Like, you hear it once, and it will never leave your brain. <laughs> At yep, least for me. 100%. But the yeah. uh, the animation uh, as well with it, just the still frames, it's so of its era. It's yeah. so nostalgic. It's so early internet. It's awesome. Yeah. The, Brad Neely has another one called, another president song called JFK, and I will send that to you off mic, but just wanted to get that on the record for folks. Uh, so number three. <laughs> okay. This is the fucker. <laughs> the, the, the next one is like the centerpiece of what we really were going to talk about today. This is a, if, if the Cranberry Shuffle video <laughs> was as long as the Demented Cartoon movie, I don't think I would have done this episode. I think I would have said, you're canceled. This podcast <laughs> is canceled. Good night, chef. Put your tools away. This video is infuriating. <laughs> this is a... This is a I went to an art school, uh, 6 through 12, uh, middle and high school, which I'm sure I mentioned on here before. Mm-hmm. And in... You can take film classes there, and most people at some point will take film one. And this was the epitome of a film one. You're in seventh grade making your first movie, like, ever. That is what, like, it just made me so cringy for being back in the fucking portable classroom, the outside classroom, just watching someone's project. No shit, you had a portable classroom? Oh, yeah, they were, like, outside little, like things you would walk up the stairs or the ramp and they were just little classrooms out fucking in the middle of the field it was awesome um well it was it was not awesome it was fine it wasn't like <laughs> oh shit going to the portables like it wasn't awesome it was just like oh whatever but this is a video of a man ordering a smoothie and it is done in the worst possible way imaginable it's, and that's the joke that's the joke i mean my thing with watching this is it's almost so incompetent i wonder if it was intentional because it like will like it basically starts with him coming in and the clerk saying, welcome to smoothie, wherever they are and saying, hi, thanks or whatever. And then it cuts behind the counter and you see him come in again. And she says, hi, welcome to smoothie repeats the line basically. So it is like kind of a short dialogue scene that wouldn't be three minutes if it wasn't cut in the most, like, I don't want lazy way. Yeah. It's like they, and I wonder if they like, it's so curious because it's not like they um, hit like hit record, walked in, and then handed the camera back and restarted. It feels like they had like one shot 
and then they had another shot from the other angle and then just purposefully edited it together in this way. And then I don't want to spoil how it ends because how it ends is one of my favorite things about this video is the uh it's the only somewhat redeemable part of this uh, video but this is like it i'm watching this and i'm like this is it's almost like it feels very david lynchy in a way but if david lynch was like you said a seventh grader in a film class in 2010 or whatever um the the and i and i'll i'll i will stake my claim i believe this is intentional uh because of how it ends yeah it's it's it, yeah, uh, and it, the thing with this one is it also has less than a hundred thousand views on it. I don't know how this came. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, it has less than four thousand views. It has three th- as of today, March, March, April, 3rd, April third. Uh, it has three thousand two hundred and seventy views, uh, and it was posted on November twenty second, two thousand and eight. So um, yeah, how how the fuck did you even find this? I, video? Somebody just it just came across like uh, my dashboard on Tumblr. Like that's the best thing that I, the only way I think to describe it is like, I followed people that are just good at finding weird, like satellite kind of internet ephemera. And this kind of came across and I gave it the thumbs up. So I would always have it um, because it is just so beguiling and so um, curious. And so just, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's honestly, it is one of my favorite YouTube videos, <laughs> my favorite YouTube internet videos, just because of how fucking, strange it is so that's that i don't think you like this this video very much but maybe it'll speak to somebody out there teen girl squad number four gets a wreck george washington gets a wreck cranberry shuffle is a hard do not recommend and now we have the centerpiece (laughs) of the episode the piece de la resistance brian kendall's 2001 post 9-11 magnum opus his much like robert mitchum from earlier this is Charles Lawton's, that is, which Night of the Hunter is the only movie Charles Lawton ever directed. <laughs> this is Br- Brian Kendall's Night of the Hunter. This is the only credited yeah. movie on Letterboxd that he has. Ladies and gentlemen, the, 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 the demented cartoon movie. The demented cartoon movie. Mason, how did this come into your life? I can't remember exactly. Yeah. I have a general kind of picture. I have a general kind of story around it, which is it just was on either Newgrounds or Albino Black Sheep, but I want to say Albino Black Sheep, and I was poking around in, like, maybe fifth or sixth grade, uh, and I came across this thing called a Demented Cartoon Movie, and when I was in fifth or sixth grade, you know, you're 11, 12, and you see something called Demented Cartoon Movie, you're like, this sounds right up my alley this is exactly what i want to be seeing yeah. at all times um and i start it and my first earliest memory of watching this movie is the flash player on that browser was a, whatever browser i was watching it on was very sticky and so it was taking almost twice as long uh, for the video to play. <laughs> I didn't watch it. Sure. I, I don't think I finished it in that go. I think I probably watched the whole thing at some other point. But um, I remember watching it and I remember being obsessed with it and showing it to my kind of goofy video buddy, my goofy cartoon buddy at the time. Um, and we both became obsessed with, you know, just the kamikaze watermelon and the Ziki Boogie Doog. And the... Uh, Ziki Boogie Doog. Ziki Boogie Doog. 
It's terrible saying that though, Mason. I don't want you to oh, get you, blown. You don't think up. I'm gonna just? You don't think I'm gonna in, insert in explosion sounds anytime we say Ziki Boogie Doo <laughs> on this podcast? Oh, I'm pissed that you are now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say it because I don't want to get bloated up. <laughs> the Ziki word. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean. So I remember watching this movie and watching it again, almost within the first couple minutes, it came to me at the very same, around the same time as I saw the movie Monty Python and the Holy Grail for the first time, I think. I knew that yeah. that was going to come up. And yeah. so that yep. kind of, that kind of one-two punch kind of solidified what my sense of humor was going to be for the rest of my life, I think, or what I thought was just funny or what like just really gets me in the good spot was going to be for the rest of my life because, uh... I was rewatching this man, and I gotta say, I was nervous rewatching it because I thought it was. I don't know what I was gonna. My reaction to it was gonna be, um, but I, because it is such an important and impactful movie to me, I had so much pleasure rewatching this thing <laughs> almost consistently throughout. How long had it been since you had seen it? Probably since high school, if not earlier. Like I can't. Rem- I honestly cannot remember the last time that I saw this movie. Um, and the only it, the reason why my memory was triggered was because when Jake uh, Ellenbog and shout out to the guy came out. Um, not Jake Ellenbog. He's gonna be our next guest. Um, J- Jack Freiberger, Whoa. I'm so sorry, Jack Freiberger, sweet boy Jack, I love you, buddy. Um, he when he sort of broke open the threshold and was like, "What is a YouTube movie that like brought on like a YouTube movie or like some other sort of like piece of ephemera um, that he liked?" I was like, "Well, what is a th- like what is a thing that I could bring on?" And the only thing that came to mind was like when I was going deep back into the archive here was the demented cartoon movie, and I think probably because I hadn't seen it in such a long time either. Like I can't remember a time showing it to anybody in college i probably kept this shit on lock in college yeah um definitely probably not in high school either i don't think it's been since middle school honestly like that's the last time i can think of so yeah man i mean um this is so this movie is so indicative and so i think encompassing of a time in my life when i was watching a lot of youtube uh, not youtube a lot of like flash animation videos and being on albino black sheep a lot um, sure. And there's other videos that I that come to mind that I can think of that I could all, like put up here. Also, like forehead shave cut or something. Um, but I think that the, the just one the sheer length of this fucking thing. This is a half hour long. <laughs> it's half an hour. Is that fucking allowed? Is that legal for something like this to be <laughs> half an hour? Um, but and also just um, it's uh how well I think watching it now it um builds on itself like it has a I think a very not a clear structure but it does follow a bit of a sort of um an arc and a bit and it it's not doesn't really seem like because when i'm watching this i'm also thinking of all the bad versions of this that i watched when i was a kid and about how yeah this is this is very much a video that launched a thousand other videos exactly and when i think of other versions like that or other kind of you know uh things that are sort of in this uh, this sort of like hyper random, I guess you want to say like kind of chaotic um, comedy, like where it's just like hit after hit after hit after hit. I always think about how it's just like kind of chaos for the sake of chaos. And this is watching it. I was really just like, there's nothing deep to this. I don't think it really just seems to be like a guy made some video for his own and his close friends amusements. And then after nine 11 had to be the hero that we, <laughs> <laughs> didn't know that we needed, um, but definitely deserved, and uh, released just, like, this pure, um, 
just just kind of anarchy honestly like there's just such an anarchic bent to this thing that i fucking love and i am curious to hear how you feel watching this for the first time in the year of our lord 2020 so uh thank you for that i'm so glad you said after 9 11 he had to be the hero. Can you imagine if Mark Wahlberg had to be the hero <laughs> in this way, though? He's like, the only way I could be a hero is if I make the Demented Cartoon movie. It's the only way I could stop 9 11. If I had the chance to go back. Uh, watching this for the first time in the year of our Lord 2020 uh, is a fucking endurance test, Mason. Okay. Uh, sure. And this is, and, and, and not only is it an endurance test, but you somehow always know what to pick that I will just, even if this was like a real thing, even if this was like, (laughs) even if this was like, I don't know, a movie, like a theatrical release movie, this is so steeped in Monty Python-esque humor. Yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. I can't help it, man. That's just who I am. (laughs) I just, it's amazing how much you're always able to just tap that button on my, on my fucking heel and i just knew the second it started i was like this is gonna be so long (laughs) this is gonna be so long and hurtful but i will say i took a class in middle school on flash animation no way okay and it is not easy no it's it's not not, i know because i tried to teach myself flash animation when i was a kid my dad had it for his job or whatever reason and i was like i'm gonna do I had, like, an entire universe of characters that I wanted to animate, like Homestar Runner, and I just, sure. like, drew... I animated one guy, like, going across the screen and falling over, and I was like, I give up. <laughs> like, that's how difficult well, it's, it is. it's so tedious and difficult, and you really do have to sort of, like, think in incremental steps. Like, that's the, where the tedium comes in. Yeah. And if you're not, like, totally in love with doing that... Don't even don't don't just don't bother. I mean, I mean, obviously try it if you're interested. I don't want to discourage anyone from trying no, flash animation. Not, yeah. But like, this is one of those things where if you don't love it, you're not going to love it. Yeah. It's not really one of those things that like over time. I mean, maybe you'll get better at it, but like you really gotta love the tedium of it. It kind of reminds me of like people who love like making models yeah, and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. You know, if you love making models and you love just the small intricacies of painting the the steering wheel chrome and the, you know, painting the side of the ship, you are going to absolutely love that. And that's your thing. Same with animating. It's fucking hard. It's really hard. So I big shout out to Brian Kendall. Javi, and even who, this you know, whole thing himself. Like, I think and down uh, to the music, maybe maybe down to the music even, I think just just voices and everything. This is really just a labor of his personality. A hundred percent. It's, it is a, it truly is like, you know, he's the Vincent Gallo of post nine 11 flash animation. You know, he's in there doing, doing it all himself. You know, it's amazing. And so I honestly, no irony, no, you know, jab, huge shout out to that guy for doing this and like saying, I'm going to do it. Cause it's not like this technology was easily readily available to learn in that time. Either now there's so many tutorials and so many people and so many resources that can help you learn this kind of thing that didn't exist in 2001. This was like brand spanking new for all intents and purposes. And so huge shout out to that. Can't knock the hustle. Can't knock the effort. Amazing, truly amazing production value considering what it is. Um, and having to teach yourself flash animation, but 
Beside that, you want to look at this piece for what it is and what the content of it is. This is a do not recommend across the board yeah. for Mr. Noah Marger. I, this is steeped in the Monty Python humor. This is very silly. So for, watching it for the which is not a bad thing, but watching it for the first time in 2020, knowing what era this came from, what the internet was like back then, what just culture and what online meant back then. Yeah. This does not hold up in my eyes in the year of our Lord 2020. So, so that's what it's like. Yeah. I mean, so here's my thing. What is it about like the kind of, I know it is well documented on this podcast that you don't like British comedy. And is it really, <laughs> it, it, what is it about Monty Python specifically that does not connect for you? Because it's like, I don't want to pull family guy into it, but what is it about like something that, that family guy versus something like Monty Python? where like Monty Python is like kind of, pure sketch in a way and family guy is a show monty python is pure sketch in a way and family guy is a show that has it wants to be a sketch show but there's like the kind of there's a plot around it also um i just you know and this is this goes back actually to when we had uh, professor carter on, (laughs) uh, on the pod we were talking about in the loop I can't really defend it or not defend it. I just don't like it, and I just like it, and I don't know what else to say. It just doesn't speak to me. I will say, though, the one Monty Python, I think I even said this when Chef Thomas was on the pod, I do like the meaning of life. Monty Python's the meaning of life. I think that that is fun. Uh, It also feels the most American, if I can say that. It Mm -hmm. feels the most like American in the sensibilities, I think. You know, I think Gilliam had directed it. Again, I'm not a huge Gilliam fan, but... uh, you know, I don't know. I can't say, I don't want to sit out here and be like, well, this is why. And I don't want to sit here and deconstruct it because it just doesn't work. It yeah, just gotcha. doesn't work for I me. Gotcha. That's fair. And, uh, you know, this is one of those things. It's, you know, it's definitely an XD random RAR, you know, type situation with the humor in this. Uh, I don't want to, there's nothing really else I can say about it other than if you're that interested in what this is, it's available on YouTube. The demented car, the demented cartoon movie, 1080p, by the way. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Chef. Bless up. <laughs> Watching in high def, watching HD, watching 4K. Um, it's going to be an experience. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of it. <laughs> that's the thing is it's like, you know, I, t- I told you I wanted, I wanted you to watch this. And, you know, I was struggling a little bit myself with how I want to kind of classify this under our system. Because it's like, it's so meaningful to me personally and is so specific to my taste personally. But I also sure. don't like that I want to give it a full recommend just because I love it so much. I don't want to say, but on the other side of that, I could just as easily say, don't recommend. This is just a thing for me personally. I don't feel comfortable saying that this is like a conditional recommend. Cause I'm like, I don't know who, I don't know how you can describe this thing in the essence of what it is in a way that's like, if this sounds like something you're interested in, um, I guess if you like explosions, if you like um, gags, repeated gags, if you like uh, kamikaze watermelons, if you like uh, let's damsels in distress, if you like um, if you like oh jokes that break the fourth wall, uh, if you like the world breaking up, if you just like if if you need something that's like a little um, chaotic and has, it's pure silliness. It's very silly. If you need something that's like very chaotic and has a lot of mayhem and it's just very very silly and kind of doesn't let let up ever it is like non-stop silliness and does i will say get kind of exhausting <laughs> i was getting very yeah. exhausted towards the end of this thing um then watch it i guess it is a conditional recommend for me but just yeah i think um i i think that this is also just so indicative of like kind of 
an er, like an early apex of like the kind of form of flash animation and like the kind of new grounds and like and, and uh, albino black sheep and that kind of stuff because i can't think of anything else that even approached this level of ambition with one video like i can definitely think of sure. like, the kind of the neil Cicerega, um like colin, colin mockery stuff on albino black sheep at the time that was like a saga over multiple videos there was never anything that was like nobody was like i'm gonna put a 30 minute video on albino black sheep called the demented cartoon movie <laughs> except for no Brian that's Kendall. when that's and that's what i'm saying <clears throat> you can't knock the hustle and you can't knock the production of this i mean it is impressive regardless of how crude it might look in 2020 it yeah, is amazing yeah. how much this person put into this this is a 30 minute this is an episode of tv length you know this is an episode of 30 rock yeah. the office whatever this is a half hour you could watch this twice and have a full mad men you could watch <laughs> you could watch this four times and watch a two hour movie. You can watch this. Yeah. You can watch this six times and have a full Irishman. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, but you know, again, can't knock the hustle. Never going to watch this again. Can't recommend it. I understand why you liked it when you liked it. And you did say, don't watch it for the first time in 2020. uh, I do say that you had said that if, you watch this. If you knew me when I was watching this video and I showed it to you, you probably would have liked it. But that's probably just because of like, it's very adolescent in a way. It's a very adolescent boy humor. A hundred percent. It's yeah. very juvenile. Yeah. So that's. I guess that's all I have to say about it. Um, and we'll post the links to the these videos in the comments. And I think that this was this was fun. Honestly, this little a little bit of a hit. departure. Yeah. And you know what? I feel like we should come back to this at some point. Don't want to get anything on the books, but I think this would be a fun thing to uh, to uh, re-explore because there's a lot of content out there. 100%. Maybe it's not the YouTube space. Maybe it's, you know, we just do this format of it again. But if you like this format, let us know. Speaking yeah. of how to let us know, you can email the show. Uh, everybody wants to, number two, get on the list at gmail.com. Send us your thoughts, your questions, your concerns. We may be able to help depending on what those concerns are. Please don't email us anything that we can't help you with. We will not be helpful. Uh, you can also follow the show on Instagram at it's on underscore the list. Follow us on Twitter at it's on the list pod and like us on Facebook. At, uh, what is it? It's on the list with Noah and Mason. Uh, you can follow me on Letterboxd and Instagram. Excuse me. Fuck. Didn't mean to pair those up. You can follow me on Letterboxd <laughs> and Twitter at Moa Narger. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at it's uh, it's on the list, bitch. You can follow me on Instagram <laughs> at it, Noah. <laughs> I'm freaking out at Noah.Marger. Follow Wild G World, Wild G. World. <laughs> you can do whatever. Fuck it. Who cares? Mason, where can the folks find you? Uh, you can find me at uh, Hot Dog to Picky on Instagram at my name on Letterboxd. You can find me on Facebook. You can find me in my bedroom, uh, still under quarantine. Ha-ha. Uh, you can find me taking a walk around the forest preserve. Uh, you could also find me reading. Here's my non, uh, my non media, non movie music recommendo this week. Just, uh, picked up the book. Something wicked this way comes just finished okay. um, by Ray Bradbury. Only a few pages into it. And I am, uh, I really feel like it is going to be something that I really like. I got it for ye- years and years ago as a present, never picked it up, never finished it, but it's a very, uh, kind of a tum- a spooky autumnal, 
uh, tone to it that I really like, and that's my recommendo this week. All right. I love that. Uh, we always love a book recommendo. Uh, my recommendo is going to be something that, if you know what this is, Mason, this is going about to blow your fucking mind, uh, but we are in quarantine and uh, I have both my Switch and my PS4 with me up here in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon. And I was browsing the PS4 store, and I saw a game available for $9.99 as mm-hmm. of my date of purchase that I had not played since my youth. Okay. And I, if you can spare the $9.99 and have a PS4 and have the space to download Psychonauts, Please download and buy Psychonauts. It is so fun. It controls like complete dog ass in 2020, (laughs) but it is so fun. It's a Neil Schaefer title who did Grim Fandango as well. A bunch of other fun stuff. He's a visionary when it comes to game development. Such a fun world. Such funny characters. Uh, Yeah, I just love it. Um, Don't know how far I am into it, Uh, but uh, yeah. Psychonauts for PS4, you know, I had, and I don't know if you can download it anywhere else. You know, I had heard of that game, but I never played it, so that's very cool. That's very cool, uh, Chef. I love that recommendation. Thank you, Chef. I hope you guys uh, are having a good, okay time in quarantine. I hope you guys are safe. Thank you very much for listening to another week of us being bitches. <laughs> and uh, we'll see you next week. See you next right? week. Yeah, next week we are back. We have a couple of fun guests lined up, and we will see y'all, uh, see y'all soon. Bye-bye. Bye, Ziggy Boogie Doo. Ziggy Boogie Doo. Uh, <laughs>